Okay, you ready? 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 Yeah. Stop on the open road. Now was not the time to flop. The buzz is formulating, Jimmy. Now's the time to drop. Is everything around you the finest flow will amaze? You can't honor what I'm on, and bitch, nigga, get gone. Because it's just all, all just too good. Yo, what is good, everybody? You are listening to the Where's My 40 Acres podcast, and this is an eargasm. This is the first set of eargasms for the year. I hope y'all didn't think we weren't going to do any in January. That was a lie. The devil lied to y'all. The devil was at Firefest telling y'all lies. We were doing reviews. We're still trying to stay on track with this, so we're going to keep it going. If you were listening to the show last week, we said that the reviews we'd be doing or that you'd be getting to hear would be Oxnard for one and 21 savages i am greater than i was great uh yeah i i can never figure out if i flipped that in reverse or not always is it i was greater than i i less than i am or i don't know i am great it's improvement is it it, either way as long as you just make sure who the nigga is now is better than who he was in the past that's the title of the album that's all it is It's, it's a math problem but that's not what we're reviewing what we're reviewing is oxnard first which is Anderson Pock's album that he released last year. I don't get the, I don't have the date in front of me, but I know the album before that was Malibu and that was 2016. And then he gave us Oxnar, which is where he is from in Cali. I did not know what, what an Oxnar was. I've heard of an Eminem. Oxford, but that, that's about as far as I go with Oxes. I don't, I, you know, Oxnar sounds like a dude that interviews you and reveals all your secrets to yourself. Wow, that's what it sounds like to me. I see what you did there. I know you. Know, some some people will. Some people won't. Uh, that's not. That's not. The album came out November sixteenth, twenty eighteen, and it is. Uh, I don't know if you want to say executive produced or mostly produced by Dre, but it's a lot of Dre drums, a lot of Dreism going on in this album. He was happy to be here. You say there are a lot of. Beats by Dre. Sure. <laughs> sure. Since it's gonna be this is gonna be a pun night. I can see that already. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh 14 tracks. Okay. An aftermath release. And what are we what were the singles? Like what were the I know I know Tent was one. Uh, who are you? Yeah, who are you? Was a single that almost I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about this. I really enjoyed Who Are You. I didn't dislike it, but it didn't like grab me. It wasn't. And then uh, Bubbling was a single that's not on the album. And that just slaps. Yeah, Bubbling was like a summer release that he just threw out for the summer. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure why it wasn't on the album. We were so ready to get to the music. Yeah. Slow it down. Gotta give the them the music. facts first. The music is what drives us. And there's even um there's even like a I guess a special edition or a target edition or maybe or maybe there's a if you buy the physical copy, you get extra stuff on it than if you just got the digital download. Like there's an extra skit, I think. We on the still CD do this copy. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah, we're still doing this shit. Um <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. It, it you know, it goes how it goes. Um but I think you I think you get all 14 tracks if you do the digital download or if you do the vinyl. 
you're gonna get the 14 tracks because I'm I'm for sure Sweet Chick and Left to Right. It's like that, that, that's the first time I've really given BJ the Chicago Kid my full attention in in a while. Man, it'd be hard sometimes to be listening to some BJ Chicago uh, kid songs. Like I see him up there, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. You know what it is? He's like 15 years too late. Like he would work perfectly four years following the Soulquarian era. But right now, it's just like, bro, you can sing, but these songs and these albums, I just, I feel like I should be asking my dad about you. It's, <laughs> it's just dated. Well, you don't know nothing about that BJ Chicago kid, you know man. About you know me? From, named BJ from Chicago. What you know about him? <laughs> what you know about that dude? Used to be a kid, now he a man. Like, <laughs> it's just, it, used to, it, it just trips me out, and I want to I really like a project from him. Because the nigga can sing his ass off, and when he gets the right feature, he shines. But I cannot get that shine on a whole project from him. I don't know why. I'm still waiting for it. You've been riding with Chicago Kids since probably like 2011. He's been around for a minute. He has. Yeah. I don't think I've listened to a whole project. I have the first the first project he did. I did. I did. I listened to it all the way through. Because uh, it was a mixtape or an EP that he did that got everybody's attention. But um, back to Pac. Back to Pac. Uh, essentially, Oxnard is, um, we rich now, and we're going to make fun rich nigga music. And it's going to be some deep shit in here. We're going to talk about some political stuff. But for the most part, nigga, it's hard being rich. <laughs> That's like the way you said what I mean, I mean, that's because I mean, he started with bubbling because bubbling's all about not trying to spend all his money, money, bro. <laughs> that he get that he got money, <laughs> like he's literally riding around now. Damn, I need tent. Like the whole song, tent literally is I need tent because I'm 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 rich. Broke ass niggas up. I really that's need right, tent, bro. They keep running up to the car. Girls keep hopping in. Got my boys in this car. In the car. I got my kids in the car with me. They be trying to get in. Hey man, like Kendra said, man, what I look like fish bowling. Like, fish bowling. Nah. I did not know that was a term. You know why? Because I'm not rich. Right. And uh, <laughs> I Kendrick had to look it up. Like fully blacked out. I was like, what is rich bowling? Rich bo- what is fish bowling? Which it really yeah, is rich bowling. That's what it is. Like, nah. Yeah. We don't we don't know nothing about that tent that's uh, that, uh, yeah, that uh, you don't get you know, the tent you don't get pulled over with. But I do know you can't see anything inside of that car. You know that. Oh, that's like that's like 5% limo tent. Yeah, exactly. And it's a pocket to do what they did in Bird Box. He just had to paint the windows. <laughs> we can't see where we're going, but we're going to get there. No spoiler. I haven't yeah. seen You can't even. I don't think you can have that in Virginia, man. I don't think you can have 5% tent. I mean, you can have whatever you want. It's just whether or not you can get it. You can have 5% tent. Tent, you're going to get these tickets. So <laughs> that's pretty much how it works. What you have will get you this. You can get a percent tickets. Yeah, yeah, five percent tickets. That's what it is. Five percent more tickets for you than everybody else. If you got this ten on, but he came back, man, and for the most part, like this this album got mixed reviews for some reason. I don't know why. Like even on Metacritic, it's at like a seventy four out of a hundred. A lot of people Which were giving it like three stars. That's not Truly, life isn't bad. That's not bad, but. It should be higher. I don't know what people's issues were with this album. I think it doesn't slap as much as Malibu. 
It doesn't. I, I think it slaps differently than Malibu. I won't say it doesn't slap as much. I can't because the first time I heard it, I was like, uh, this isn't Malibu. And like on my 20th time hearing it, I'm like, this shit got See, so many fucking jams on it, dog. This, I, and I think, so I think that's Malibu. what it was because it's, it's, it's sonically different. It's than really Malibu. different than Malibu. And, and like Malibu, like, you know, his first jump was what? Venice. Mm-hmm. Venice, Malibu, I mean, Malibu wasn't that far off from Venice, like a kind of an evolution of the sound. And this seemed like he went in different directions because I had the same feeling. Like I was like, all right, yeah, this is this is cool, but this ain't, you know, this ain't Malibu. And could be more, you know, just because I was looking at Malibu all the time, listening to it a lot. Mm-hmm. But like once you sit with the album and just let it sit with it, and then you come back and you look around, you like, nigga, I'm on track 10 and I ain't skipped. Like <laughs> this shit is this shit is nice. It's it is it it is it the sound of it is cohesive all the way through, but at the same time, it has so many little intricate details sprinkled throughout from the vocals to the actual instrumentation to just you can see where like Dre laid his hands in and you can see where features that he had on the album album laid their hands into the production process. Like him and Kendrick worked on tents together. Um the Khadija Bonet you can clearly hear her fucking influence on the chase. And then her vocal influence is spread throughout the album as well, along with uh, a couple of other background vocalists who had like co-writing credits. So he had a lot of hands in this album and not a lot, like he had big names on it, Pusha T and Snoop, Cold, probably the best Cold feature this year or last year. Um, It didn't actually get on my fucking nerves and I actually thought it was, it was dope. Q-Tip. And I still don't listen to it. You don't listen to it? I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, nah. I, f- I, I listen to the song, but every time I get to a cold feature, I'm just like, uh. I'm not a, well, we got two for these reviews, so yeah. you had a fun time. I, I know, man. <laughs> you know. I, don't, I don't know. I like the way Cole raps on Trippy. I, I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was grown man Cole, which we don't get a whole lot. That's I mean, the problem, uh, really. Like, even Pusha T's first on this joint is solid. Oh yeah, that whole song is. I mean, the uh, I think, you know, who was it? I can't think of damn name. Q Tip. I think that was probably the, that was my that was my favorite song. That and that shit was kind of heartbreaking too. I want a Q Tip album. God, man, I want a Q Tip album. Like you know, you know, Tip ain't never made a bad album. That's what I'm saying. You know who fucked up Q Tip's album? Kanye. Kanye going crazy. Fucked up us getting a Q Tip album because I guarantee you, if Kanye was still like lucid. We would get, we would have gotten a Q-tip album by now. I like the way you say that. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I don't think Kanye is Kanye hard yet in 2019, but I know it's coming soon. The buildup is too like, strong. Dog, it's inevitable. It's too many niggas slipping right now. Like the water is frozen outside, and everybody walking across it. Like it's too many niggas slipping <laughs> up. They ignoring the sign of it's ice over here, nigga. Right. Don't walk this way. <laughs> don't come over here. Mistakes will be made. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> but they're not listening. Taraji was like, ooh, Ice, let me skate across that. No. <laughs> I can make no. it. No, no, you can't. No, no. You can't. Damn it, Will Packer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the fucking features, I think, worked. And didn't really oh. deviate from any of the sounds. Like, it, there wasn't a feature on this album that took you out of the moment. Or took you out of the songs. Like, oh, why is this person, why are you here? <laughs> why are no. you here? He- 
even Snoop Dogg's feature, you know, Snoop Dogg can be hit or miss with some features. Uh, nigga. Snoop Dogg can elevate a song, and the Snoop Dogg can be out there like, nigga, you just talking? Mm-hmm. You know, but he didn't do this on that one. Like, I was kind of worried. I remember there was, there was two features when I looked at that. I was like, okay, J. Cole up here. Okay, all right. I was like, Snoop, mm. Right. Mm, that could be hit or miss. <laughs> it's like, but no, I think all the features were good. I'll say this, and, and I'll give I give Pac credit. Pac makes other people that I can't listen to regularly sound good. The best thing Rhapsody has ever done is still her feature on Malibu. I like this. I just it blows my mind every time I hear it. I'm like, what? What was in the air that night? Because she needed to bottle it and carry it around with her. You slow. <laughs> just saying, she, huh? When you peek on somebody else's album, it's gotta hurt. Oh man, like that. She didn't even. She didn't even lay it down that hard on Kendrick's album. I was just like. Jesus Christ, he pulled some magic out of her. So, and he did it with Cole. I don't, you know, it's not like, it's not like Cole's going to feature him on his album. So he might as well get it while it's hot. Not going to happen ever. I mean, like when, when Cole, when Cole doesn't try hard, like it, I don't know, man, like Cole is the perfect person. Cause I always like compare him and Kendrick. And it's not even on lyrical prowess. Cause I think, you know, I, I, I still think Cole lyrically is, amazing but it's the difference between Kendrick doesn't come off as preachy because he's usually talking about himself you know he kind of puts the mirror on him mm-hmm. and Cole feels like that nigga that just gonna tell you about you know you need to get your alkaline water right you know and all that shit and like he's like he feel like he's talking at you so it's like you're always trying to teach me something I'm like nigga no I don't care you ain't that smart your dress don't make you that type of person, leave me alone. His dreads give him reach. That's what it is. Nah, I, I mean, mean better look than his haircut from Sideline Story, but <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this nigga got a bunch of poor nigga antennas that. on his hair right now. Like I don't know. I don't know what's going on up there. A lot of lost thoughts, sprouting growth. I don't know what's going on. The roots are deep. They're deep. So. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> but overall, man, I think that Oxnard is it's still probably it's still one of the best albums of twenty eighteen and just added to his discography is the reason that Anderson Pac is somebody that if you're not checking for or have not given a chance, you are missing out. Like you cannot call yourself really a music fan or fan of hip hop right now and not be not have heard Anderson Pac. It's I don't I'm sorry. Like he's just too fucking good and he is an amalgam of so many great things about black music. He is a true artist. And I forget that he's way older than a lot of these other cats. He's closer to Push the T. Give him a Push the T might actually be the same age. No way. I thought he was like our age. Ah uh, I think Pac is older. I want to look up his age. I'm going to look up his age. Yeah, I think Pac is older. Not like 40 and shit. But I think he's up there. He's two. So he's two years younger than us. So yeah, he's not that old, actually. So he's what? Okay. 33, 32, something like that. He'll be tired. His birthday is the day that that Taraji P movie drops. February 8th. He's born two days before Twine. Two years later. Three days. Three days, really. Three days. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. True, 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 true. True days. Uh, yeah, 
357, 360 days later? I don't know. I can't do math anymore. I don't know why I thought he was older. I, I thought I read somewhere that he was older, and then I read another interview where he was talking about Kendrick, and he said, that's such a nice young man. And I was like, well, he would say young man. He's older than Kendrick. And now I'm like, well, you and Kendrick the same age. So why are you talking about that man like he's your little brother? <laughs> <laughs> like, at a certain age, when you, when you both in y'all 30s, don't be calling me your little brother, nigga. We both in the same uh, decade. Shit. You gotta be like you gotta be at least a whole decade older than me to look down to me. Yeah, Kendrick was like March eighty seven or something like that. Oh man, he like a year apart and shit. Exactly. <laughs> Breezy love joy. Pac was like, I ain't got I only got to buy liquor for you for the next seven months and then we can both buy it together. Like that's how much older than Kendrick he is. Brandon so. Pac Anderson. Oh, oh share a name. Yeah. I mean, um, is it is was it anything else? They just kind of hit y'all about this project before we get into these tracks. Okay, so I it's a I've realized it's an album I gotta be like in a I gotta sit down and listen to it mood. Because if I'm just like I'm just gonna put music on, it doesn't really hit for me like that. But if I sit down and I'm just like, let me listen to these mixes and all this crazy ass instrumentation that he's got going on pay attention to what he's actually talking about then i enjoy it like 10 times more that way so i can't always listen to it like i put it on today when i was at work and i was just like listening through it and i was just like it felt like a chore to listen to it again and i was like i don't know why i like i know that i objectively enjoy this record and then i got home and i put it on again and i was just sitting on my couch listening to it and i was like ah oh, yeah this is perfect so for me it's like an environment specific album. I don't know if that necessarily means anything one way or the other, but it's something I definitely noticed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can feel you on that. Cause you know, sometimes when you like, for me, if I'm like riding the car to work, you know what I mean? There's certain types of songs I'm going to play. Yeah. Um, exactly. you know, there's not a lot of Kendrick gets played in my car when I'm driving. Nah. Unless I'm, unless I'm driving like a long distance, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so, so like I could put on like, um, tent. I could put on "Who Are You." I'm yeah, usually, like, I'm, like, I'm usually going to skip all the way to like Mansa Musa, right? And, I'm, and then I'm gonna hit something else. But yeah, like I was sitting here just listening and like just like sitting in the house and just like playing video games. I had to play in the background. I was just like, "Yo, this junk is so good. It's so smooth." So yeah, I mean, some albums are like that, man. You gotta you gotta really sit down and appreciate all the stuff. And then some albums are just gone. Just gonna slap when you need it to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's for me, like that's the main thing that I took away from it. Um is that like it's like taking a shot of scotch. Like you shouldn't. You should sip scotch rather than shoot it. Um, this is a scotch type of album. It was like that for me at first, but now pretty much when I put it on and I always start from the first track, I'm listening all the way through. Now I have my downer points where I, I will allow you to divert my attention for the length of the song. Like who, when, who are you comes on? I'm like, yes, you can have my attention. But when six summers come on, okay, you got to shut up for a while. You, you got to <laughs> shut up. Right. So, and savior's road. Don't even look at me. Don't, don't even look at me. I'm not here. I'm a ghost. It, it just works for me like that. So now it slaps, but at first it kind of, it dribbled. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about Oxnard, man. I like the cover. I like the name. I'm glad Pac is still back. He's back. 
Like, I'm glad he's continuing. I'm glad Dre is on it. But I don't know if I'm feeling it. Mm, everybody else is screaming Mansa Moose up and down my timeline. And I'm like, I don't want to ruin everybody else's parade. So I'm just going to go back inside. Maybe I'll crack open a window. Mm. <laughs> I don't. Maybe I'll be feeling it then. But mm. yeah, so now I'm glad I can march with everybody else. But it's 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 interesting. I wonder sometimes when I don't see people talking about albums like that anymore. If it's just the fact that everything is hot for a second now with social media, and people just don't talk about maybe necessarily what music they're listening to like they used to or if i'm not in the right crowd or the audience or if the album doesn't slap like that well it's a bunch of different things right so social media means everybody's fucking attention span is entirely too short right so album is hot and people want to talk about it for a maximum of like one week and then we're on to some next shit um and if two albums come out on the same day then you might not only you might even get just a one day little run when your shit is the topic of conversation. But also, people don't ever, like, take the time to humble themselves and, like, change their opinion on a thing ever, publicly mm-hmm. at least. So if somebody was like, yo, this shit is whack, and then they listen to it a little while later and it turns out that they do enjoy it, I don't see a lot of people coming back to be like, and here's my follow-up on this project, and here's what I felt after an extended listen. Um, or, or, the, or the other way around. Like, I had a lot of albums where I'd be like, yo, this album is great. I listen to it, listen to it, and then, you know, you, you like, you put it away for, like, a month or two, you come back, I'm like, what was I, li- what was I thinking? Mm, I, was, I, I was smoking. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, everything's just in the moment, in the moment. There's little or less, I guess, uh, like, long reflection. I mean, that's ind- indicative of album sales and the way streaming works and stuff, too, because you yeah. can just listen to two songs of Oxnard and then listen to fucking 21 Savage. And then I'm going to listen to the new Cardi B single with city girls. And then I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to listen to that. And it just kind of reflects the way people talk about music too. Cause that's the way that they listen to it. I mean, y'all remember the times when it didn't matter if the album was kind of good or bad because you bought it. Oh, you so you just listen to the you gonna listen to that whole thing basically? Like, yeah, that shit had to be horrible for this CD. I gotta play. Like, it had to be horrible. Like you still knew songs, and you put the whole like, and you put the CD in. You like, I'm not getting back up again <laughs> to change to change the song. Like, no, we're gonna listen to this whole thing because I remember like I can on the bus. I'm not. I don't got room to be carrying around five. Yeah, man. I gotta carry around this, these three. I got I got two CDs I like. <laughs> right. That's what I, that's what I'm listening to for the next three or four months. Cause like I can go back and see these that when I was in high school, early college, man, like I put that junk on, I know every single word I'm in there, did it and stuff like that. And I can, I can be like, man, lately, God, I can know, I know a few songs. Right. <laughs> right. The hits, like I couldn't, cause I just didn't sit down like with, with that so much. But now there's like so many options. Like I sit but down, you don't I put, have my, time put my spot on random. You don't, you know what I mean? You don't have that time either. And we yeah. listened we listened in a like uh or our listening was funneled back then so like the fact that we're older now and we have uh, in my opinion broader opinions more of an eclectic ear especially since we do a podcast about hip hop um i think that we we spend a bit more time 
searching for stuff and actually like giving it attention across the board we don't get stuck with one album that we waited to spend like twenty dollars of our paycheck on like we haven't we're not looking for that one album we've been waiting for all year as much that really isn't our focus or our anticipations like that we might say hey when this album comes out later this year i'm looking for it but to be quite honest i don't even look that far ahead to see who's dropping an album out this year i'll be like Oh, let me check Apple Music to see who released the new album. Cool. Kendrick dropped a new album. Like, I'll listen to this. And sometimes people be like, I didn't know Kendrick dropped a new album. I'll be like, I didn't know it was coming either. But it's here. And that's also kind of the way albums are marketed now, too. They don't give you a release date anymore. Beyonce drops an album at 3.48 a.m. And if you ain't up, you're not going to hear that shit. You're going to wake up the next morning and everybody going to be singing all these new Beyonce lyrics that you ain't never heard before and you're going to be upset. So then you're going to go download it and spend the rest of your day at work listening to Beyonce instead of earning that paycheck. It's so many artists that do that now. Like J. Cole is like playing around with this new album that he's working on. Talking about when he's, I'm almost done is the new release date. The new release date really is I'm almost done. It's not an actual set date. 21 Savage forgot to release his album. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, Offset didn't release his either when it was supposed to come out. Like these were these were dates that these guys had marked. Offset didn't wasn't in the best publicity part at that right. point. He was I think he made a marketing Cardi. decision. He was missing that Cardi B. Never so. come out. No. No. He, oh, okay. No, he like, absolutely did not. That doesn't come out, but it did. He absolutely did not release it when you see. Like I said, he's missing that Cardi B. So he absolutely did not release that album. When it was supposed to come out. Because I was waiting. I was like, let me listen to this. And I think he released it later. And I, I was like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. Because I remember he put a single out. I remember the single coming out. And then all of a sudden it was like X'd out. Like you couldn't you couldn't even listen to it on Spotify. Like that same that same Friday it, it dropped. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. I was like, that's weird. And then, you know, and it came out. I was actually looking forward to it. And I think it is, but I think it is a lot of good music. I don't, I'm not going to say that there's a lot. I don't, I, I, I feel that there's a lot of better music now than there was when we were coming up. That's just my opinion, but. And we're exposed to more like, you know, yeah, you had Joe. That could be part of it. I had my three or four CD. You know what I mean? You had your couple artists that you, that you, you know, you, you rock with and stuff like that. Cause I can go back and look like, you know, like, I think like, the year, like the year ninety seven, was like a classic year. You know what I mean? And I could be like, I listen to some of those, then I could hear other stuff. Like, oh, I didn't even know that came out, or I wasn't really up on that person mm-hmm. when I was during that time. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where sure. now, now we're like, oh, this came out, and then this came out, and then BB Rexa, and then this country artist. <laughs> like now, I know so much stuff. You're like, good God. Yeah, listening to a bunch of different genres is the best blessing and. In- the most annoying curse at the same time because it's like I want to listen to this Tame album and I want to listen to this Anderson Park album and I also want to listen to this Rihanna album. They all came out the same day. I don't have time for this. Like I just don't have time to give the attention to these albums that I want to. It's really hard. And you're like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll give myself weeks to listen to it, right? But the only time during the year where we don't get a gang of ridiculous releases is right now. Like January hasn't had any pretty much anything. That has that I've been looking forward to, or I've listened to and been like, oh, this, you know, blew my mind. Which means there's probably a lot of stuff that's not on my radar that I'm missing that I'll find out about four months from now. Which is fine. That like that's cool. That works too. But when we get into like 
I don't know, the, the, the energetic part of the year or the release part of the year. Holy shit, trying to keep up with everybody releasing their stuff. Even stuff I don't really want to listen to that other people want us to review for this show. It's like, I got to go listen to this project. And a lot of stuff, I got to listen to it when I'm in the mood too. So if it just happens to be that five people I want to listen to drop an album this same fucking month that a bunch of other popular people, people want us to listen to and review, drop an album, energy that I would have had for the dudes I wanted to listen to, I got to use that energy when it's available for the ones I don't want to sit through like that. Like, I'm not really looking forward to this dude. I don't know if he's going to impress me, but I'm going to give him my attention because this is what we do on Where's My 40 Acres, right? People are going to be asking about this project. So let me see what it sounds like. J. Cole's going to drop a project and I'm going to have to find the energy that week to listen to it. And I'm just going to be like, ah, and I'm going to have to try not to fall asleep on it this time, live on the air, which is a really hard task. So I probably won't be reviewing his album at night. I'll wait till I've had like my morning OJ and I've exercised, got my uh, endorphins pumping. Then I'll be able to make it through. So it's, it's just a lot of stuff that messes with listening to projects. And Arxnard was one that I hadn't come back to in a while. It, you know, I listened to it like really raw last year and then we came into the new year and it wasn't one of the albums that I was playing. I've been listening to mostly I've been listening to the vinyls that I've been purchasing. And at work, I'm listening to podcasts or I'm listening to like some new shit. So I hadn't really been like bumping a lot of music or if I am bumping music, I'm bumping the Spotify playlist I made. Because I know I like everything on that. And I can just let that shit go for a whole week. It's got like 80 songs on it i can just let it go i don't i don't ever have to change that so hopefully we'll start getting some more projects that i can actually be like yo this whole album from this artist is dope that's pretty much what i'm looking forward to right now because i really don't have that i know tame impala is talking about they're releasing a pro or working on a project but they ain't no telling when that shit's coming out my man said he forgot to tell his band that they were supposed to be performing at coachella so they it ain't no telling when that album is coming. Let's see. Um, fuck it. I guess we can jump into these tracks and just roll through these and what we liked, which ones don't really knock. And then that'll pretty much be it. So um, the first track is The Chase. And God bless this song because it introduced me to Khadija Bonet. I needed to know who that was he was sampling in the beginning of the song. I needed to know where that intro came from and found out it wasn't a sample. Uh, He actually had her on the song, actually singing, uh, helping produce as well. Her whole hand is all over this track. I think it's a beautiful intro to the album. It definitely is a different sound. And I went in, I brought both her vinyls. After hearing the song, I was like, I got to go check her out. Checked her out on YouTube. It was like, I need these on vinyl, like asapsually. And ordered them from her uh, Bandcamp page. And Those have not regretted fucking it. flutes, dog. So majestic. Right. She is, she is just, she's, her sound is beautiful. It is breathtakingly beautiful. I was like, I wish we had more artists that sing like this. This is a hard sound to find done well at that and not aged like her shit is perfectly aged so it works for pop he works with an eclectic group of people
yeah, that's all I got about the chase. Uh, sure sounds like it should be the score of a movie opening. <laughs> her whole, all her out, all her vinyl sound like that. But yeah, it should. Well, this shit kind of plays out like a movie for like the first, like the first like like if six it songs. Back to Black Dynamite too. I would be completely okay with this. Uh, I what did I say? She needed to link up with um Yanj. Her and Yanj need to link up. Oh, and do some Adrian. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. She like, sounds like not? the. She sounds like the woman that actually does sing on some of his projects. But yeah, that that would that would be fucking perfect. I might have to go listen to some of her solo stuff. Oh, so good. Fucking honeycomb is so goddamn good. It's so goddamn good. Yeah, Brandon was playing that before one of the shows, and I was like, Yeah, that shit is incredible, dog. It's so good. Um, so the next track is Head Low. And I like the beat for Head Low. I like the transition from the chase. Uh, of course, the skit, like the skit, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's what. That's the best word for it. And I'm <laughs> if, like, I, if I ever get Pac in for an interview, I'm gonna ask him straight up, "Who is making a dick sucking sounds, bro? Like, was yeah, it you? Right? Was it you, sir? Because <laughs> I feel hey, like hey, it might have been you. Be like one. Be like them old, them old rock jumps when they just actually had somebody getting a dick sucked in the studio. So. <sighs> I would have hoped it would have been his wife because since he got Never two know. kids, he'd be like taking pictures with his family and stuff. I, mean, I, didn't, say, I didn't say who the lips were. I'm just saying. The fact that you would crash your car, the girl that was sucking your dick is screaming, and you'd be like, hold on, no, go ahead and finish, though. Hold on. I mean, hey, look, look, we all men, you know, you've reached that point. <laughs> just like, look, literally nothing else matters. <laughs> <laughs> like, I believe you to when this is over. So, that was know, it. We didn't survive the crash, honestly, because I can still feel. So like let's let's just keep going. <laughs> Yo, Go the, the, the officer he's gonna understand. <laughs> just real talk. We have to do a podcast episode one day on the nigga you are before and the nigga you are after the night. Like we have to have a conversation about that. Because it's two different yeah. people sometimes. Hey man. Only enough blood to run one head at a time. <laughs> it's like it's like I don't know who that nigga was before now, but he's trash. I'm a better person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am a better person now. <laughs> we have to we have to salvage this wreck. <laughs> yeah. oh. I should probably call State Farm. <laughs> it's just a uh, how are we gonna get you home? Let me get you an Uber. <laughs> don't want don't want you out here in the cold. After that adventure we just went on. And the other dude he told to drive around, like dude had actual concern for him. <laughs> he was like, Oh, okay, right. but you need to call you you need to call somebody. <laughs> and I was like, don't don't worry about me, I'll be okay. Leave me behind. Leave me behind. Uga <laughs> made it sound like he was getting his dick sucked during war. Don't try to carry me, Forrest. <laughs> just leave me here. <laughs> it's, it's, it was a lot. I'm world before he took honestly think he i don't want to say he took a risk but this is definitely far off anything he's done on malibu it's not outside of the music he's definitely made some raunchy he said some raunchy shit in songs before but it is i was surprised to hear this i mean that's what's being rich will give you that comfort the safety blanket yeah I mean, we we all heard though, like Silicon Valley and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. the nigga has nigga has an art for this type of stuff. I mean, you got drugs from Venice. Like, he's had songs 
that have, yeah. that you could you could go uh yeah I could see Pac doing this but then when you hear it you're like oh he actually wow he actually put no, a big re- skit on here I remember listening to Silicon Valley and not even thinking about it that much uh until I sat there one day I was like this nigga just literally just made a whole song about titties and and made that shit sound like a beautiful love song (laughs) I mean it is (laughs) who don't love titties what is behind that big old titty meat (laughs) they say the heart is underneath I was like nigga that's some writing right there that's some some songwriting that's some misdirection that's what that is (laughs) I mean but like it's I, I mean it's a skill to put out something that's 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 Equal parts raunchy and it's still acceptable in the song. You know what it is though? I think part of it is the fact it's because we're men that we heard at first and was like, uh, oh, this is a beautiful song. And then twenty <laughs> listens later, you're like, Holy shit, he's just singing about titties for three minutes. You know, you know, you make a good you make a good point, man. Like Because you know women heard it and the first time they heard I it, they was like, This nigga sang about titties. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some research on that part. <laughs> like like no woman heard that song and was like, I wonder what he's talking about. Like all of them was like, he sang about titties. <laughs> and the dudes oh, was listening oh. like Man, this is beautiful. I wonder what I wonder what motivated him to make this song. <laughs> and they and they wives in the car like titties, mm. <laughs> nigga. The same shit that motivates you to drive every time we go somewhere. Titties. Why you oh, think I'm man. over here comfortable passenger side changing the radio station? I think that is amazing, sir. Like, yeah, it's a, it is a skill though to be able to do that. Um, the next track is tense. Um, I love tense. Is I think it's a fun song on top of being a good song. It's definitely some shit you want to hear live at Coachella on stage yeah. and Kendrick better come out and do it with him every time. Uh, okay, have y'all seen the video? I haven't. I haven't seen it. Yes. Nigga, what the fuck is up with the video? I don't know. I really genuinely don't. Who directed it? I don't know, man. I felt like Tense was a very simple video. Uh, let's get on, you know... California freeway and ride, like you know what I mean. <laughs> the sights and sounds of, of like I mean, I, I mean, it would have been on the nose, but like what I got, I was like, huh, what? It's a oh, no. it's a weird video, man. Like people get shot, then like if you get a chance, Brandon, one day just go watch it because the video has nothing to do with the song. To my <laughs> I, thing, I, I, well, you're saying that he's riding on the freeway. I mean, if he's still no, riding... no, 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 no. He's not at all. That's what I thought he was gonna do. Oh, it's so different stuff. It's so it's it. It felt like I, you know what? And I might not be smart enough to get it, but I remember watching that. Why you think I'm smart my, enough? To I told get my it, girl man. to go watch it, and she was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I was like, "I don't know." Uh, <laughs> you tell I me. I don't know. I you're was the confused smart also. I don't know. Why do you think I brought you here? I don't know. What's <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like, like, I brought you here to help me out. Yeah, to help me it, figure out what happened. Clean it up for me, please. I don't know what's going on. It's weird as fuck, dude. It's like Kendrick's dressed like an old man. His niggas like getting shot in the face. His white old white people in the NRA car, and nobody has tents in the windows. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Back, working in the diner at one point. There's a lot of things happening. You know, it's crazy. There's probably an explanation for it on Genius. Like not from them <laughs> either. It's from just some random white dude in college right now. Yeah. If you I'm telling you, somebody that took film school is about to break it down for us. If you'd have read so and so's manifesto, 
from the 1964 <laughs> Inquisition, then you would know exactly what they're referencing, which leads me, after hearing that shit, to go, why the fuck do Kendrick and them know about that, though? Okay, man. This well, they don't have about it. It's the director knows about it and writes up a treatment, and they're like, True. you know what? Yeah, this is some weird shit. I'm into it. It could be some yeah. David Fincher shit. You're exactly. right. This little-known 1937 black-and-white uh, Venezuelan movie. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. That was like, reference. It's like Roma, the music video. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it was a lot of, I'm confused, but hey. That's fine. You just have, that just means you have to watch what? it a lot. Rewatchability. That's how they get you. Hey. That is how they get you. So, um, Who Are You is the next track. And like I, for me again, the album like goes down a level. At this for this I, for the, for who are you? I just feel like it's not production wise on the same caliber as all of the songs before it and all of the songs after it. Man, I don't agree, man. I really, really like who are you, man. I feel like it's basic. I feel like it needs some cream and sugar. I don't feel like it's basic. It's a lot of Dre on it. I feel that. Yeah. Maybe I, I need to like hear it with bass. more bass. I mean, I, I, I jam to it. I, I enjoy it. Is it like a bass-heavy track? And I'm just missing out on the bass? Yeah, it's it's more bass-heavy than, than, the, than the rest of the album, but it's not, like, crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm trying to find an excuse for why I don't be jamming. Bite <laughs> <laughs> that feel it. You could be right. Because that's what it is. <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say about it. Like they said, that's what it is. No, nope, not feeling <laughs> I, it I'm at just all. Keeping it real, just keep, keeping it, keeping it real. Oh, um, I, I never skip because I just don't have a reason to. Like it's it's solid enough. Yeah, but I don't it's skip not like, it. This is a highlight from this album. You I, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely don't skip it. Not whack. It's just not my shit. Yeah, no, it just everything just kind of. I pay attention more when it's on to the road, and then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't after that. And that's not a oh. diss. That's just really that's really what be going on, dog. Oh man, the stuff that we say when we just trying to be like, I kind of like it, but then we end up just talking so bad about it. I haven't said anything terrible about this song yet. I'm just saying that I'm a better driver when it's on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I feel like that's a compliment. So listen to this if you want to pass your driving test. Oh my god, you will be able to parallel park anywhere. You'll be able to parallel park on the side of a mountain. Be fucking amazing. Parallel Park King, nigga. Um, it might have been shade, but it turned into it at the end. I know. It's Twan's <laughs> fault, man. I wasn't going to do it. It's <laughs> my fault. And then he brought it out of me. <laughs> we shouldn't do reviews together. We definitely shouldn't do interviews together. So we'll get shot. Yeah, yeah. That's we definitely. How did we survive uh, uh, A3C? We we should have been shot. Because only one of us asked questions at a time. Oh, that's right. We, we had to split up. We, we were not bold enough to, like, just have a sit-down conversation at that point. Well, actually, that's not true, because we ended up in a room with Gene Gray and Knife Wonder asking questions together, so we should have been shot. I'm Gene we Gray we definitely should have shot. We weren't sitting beside each other that time. They didn't know we were together. Oh, that's right. You're right. We, we were just in there. They didn't know we were together. But, yeah, so... Let me see. There was... Um, I actually wanted to talk about one of the features on Tent, so you have to kind of go read the notes for these projects but um so tent has a co-writing credit for an artist named taylor parks and taylor parks is she played in hairspray 
she was the little girl with the pigtails that ended up winning the contest. Oh, uh, that was um, little Ines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was with all the black kids. Yes. Oh, that's cool. So that is her now. She has this writing credit on this track, and I actually listened to her EP. It's like really um, EDM ish, but with R and B singing, and it, it's I think it's fine. I mean, she like, she was she was belting out there, and oh, she was belting like you know Broadway style. The the breakdown on tense, like that's her, I believe. When everything just slows the fuck down, so yeah, she she's definitely somebody you might want to check out. The next song is was probably Trump's favorite, and that is Six Summers. Wow. Yes, I love Six Summers. Um, so do I. I don't necessarily like the genius breakdown of Six Summers, but I'll let it ride. Oh, I want to know what the genius breakdown of Six so, Summers is. I mean, you you know, if you don't want to be like me, you can go read it. Nope, if nope. You... <laughs> say it out loud. So essentially, it's very basic. Like it's it's not anything terrible. It's just very basic. They're saying six summers from now, uh, Trump would be out of office if he got another term. Which I was like, okay. And then what was the other one? And then three summers from now, he would not be in office. Nigga, I hope we not waiting six summers. I can't take that. I know if if <laughs> like, he got out, it's a lot. It's not. It's not really a lot, but it's a lot. I was like, oh, I don't like this breakdown at all. This is the most basic shit. Like, six summers had to grow on me. Did it? Yeah, the first time I heard it, it wasn't. I don't know. I'm surprised. This is one of his ones where the production just does. It does a lot. Yes, it does, and I love it. You know what I mean? And when you and, and then when you get when you get more into it, you like okay, you, you you like the transition. But the first time, the first time could be a little jarring. I mm. think that's probably what it was. It wasn't like anything like crazy. It was just like oh, I'm I'm expecting this. Oh, it, oh, that, that didn't happen no more. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Else. But I love Six Summers. I love the hook. Like I love the stuff he says in it about like the gun, the little story he told. About why dude had to go shoot up the school. I just I just love like the I I love the um the verses in this as well as the hook. I think all of it's catchy and the production, of course, is like fucking phenomenal. Who produced it? Um, I don't know. Do you, does anybody have that up in front of them? Because I actually don't know who produced it. Man. You know what? I had it up and I put it down. Well what the fuck, bro? Yeah, How you come prepared and they end up unprepared? That's right, man. Like I was looking up some what I move. I think I started looking up his age. That's what it was. Back, Melvin Henderson produced this song. Melvin Henderson. Melvin, that, that is sounds, a name. That sounds like somebody's uncle. That is Melvin. Then may or may not be somebody's uncle, but he produced on Six Summers, Sweet Chick, Left to Right, Mansa Musa, and Who Are You? That nigga wears a bow tie. Wow, he does. Also produced a Christina Aguilera song. Yep, he definitely wears a bow tie. Wow, why did that steal the bow tie for you? Uh, because <laughs> I can say that 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 kind of pushed the bow tie out the way for me. No, it <laughs> it, it made the bow tie more real for me because I feel like to get in Christina Aguilera's studio, you got to be a nigga in a bow tie. Jay yeah, Premier made a Christina Aguilera album, a whole ass album. That nigga was wearing a bow tie too. Wow, I don't want to you know break uh break Premier down to that level, but I've seen I can see Premier in a bow tie and a wow. fitted hat. Okay. We're we're off we're off task here. Let's no, get no, back. No, I feel like we're right on schedule. <laughs> right on schedule. 
So um, the next track is my favorite beat on the album, which is crazy because it doesn't have as much intricate production as other beats, but the way it flows for me is just fucking perfect. Like it sounds like groovy church intermission and I love it for that. It's a uh, savior's road. I, when I first heard, I, I mean, I love this song the first time I heard it and I still love it every time I hear it. It has not gone down in quality at all. Drove it off the lot, took it for a spin, been racing in it, got a ticket, got a couple tickets in it, has not lost its value. And the next track is Smile. Davies Road also sounds like some movie shit. I was thinking. Who like is? It, make it make it make it make you feel like you were walking through the like the bush and you came up upon people just chilling in. That is one hundred percent not at all what I was thinking, but <laughs> I just nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> when your homeboy thinks you're on the same page and you're not <laughs> nah, I could be I could hear this shit like scoring some like noir type detective y shit where you like doing secretive things in a car and you're driving around incidentally windows tinted or not um i don't know it's just kind of got that vibe like there are a lot of like scory tracks. Hmm. you get a, yeah. you get an instant visual in your mind like in some songs you just don't get that you know you know like when you hear yeah. a song whatever the visual is it puts the visual right in your mind we're still talking about savior's road right yeah. Okay. I'm just want to make sure because there was like a long pause and I had moved on to smile and then y'all came yeah. in unmuted and started talking about Savior's Row. I just want to make sure we're still talking about it. We came back with Smile Petty. That's okay. where we came at. All right. All right. So so smile are petty. we on Smile Petty now? Smile and Petty. That's right. All right. All right. All right. Um, I don't know who Sonya Elise is. I'm I'm not familiar, but uh, I fucks with it. I like the uh, transition into Petty. I kind of like that. I always, I mean, I don't even know if that's what it is, but I feel like the first part is Smile and the second part is Petty. Let me, let me tell you something. This album is so fucking well produced that I don't, I didn't even care to go look which songs had beat flips. I just know there are a lot of fucking beat flips. <laughs> and and they're, they're just, they're, they're fucking immaculate. Yeah, a lot of good transitions in this in this album. I feel like this should be the norm. I feel like if we listen to an album and there aren't beat flips, we should be like, wow, this song is four minutes of boring because it's the same beat for four <laughs> minutes. If you go to a jam session, it's not the same. It's not the same song for 20 minutes. There are breakdowns and transitions and then we come back like we revisit uh, shit from 10 minutes ago. At Bonnery this year, there will be a song that is 20 minutes long. Oh, fuck least. that. That's a bathroom break jam then. That's the jam band, dog. You motherfuckers be doing the most. Uh, no, I'm good on that. Yeah. Your boy. Same fucking riff for 20 minutes. That guy's fingers are going to crack in half. Good luck, sir. You're getting tendonitis. Um, the next song is a lot of people's favorite, Mansa Musa. I think Mansa Musa hit people because of them fucking drums. Like, them drums just... Dog, it, it was... It was... Drag it out. I will say that. Mansa Musa. I'm like, yeah. Like as soon as I heard, as soon as I heard the beat come on, I'm like, oh, this is all Dre. And then Dre jumped on, like, yep, there he go. I feel like niggas listened to Mansa Musa and then went home and watched Black Panther. It was like, I'm you know, just like it. I I went straight. I think Mansa Musa might have been one of the first songs I listened to, just for the fact that I knew who Mansa Musa was, and I wanted to see what the trap was gonna be. Okay, could you explain it then? Because I don't know what the fuck a Mansa Musa is. 
Uh, Mansa Musa, the uh, king. He's the king of Ghana. Mali. Mali, that's right. Um, and at one point, he was the Jeff Bezos of Earth. Yeah, man, that nigga, they had, they had all, who had all ever to date. Like, it's rumored, like, that nigga was just going around throwing jewels out, like, him and had this shit. Mm, yep. The light-skinned part of like, me doesn't know my African history, so. Yeah, so very rich. That's why he's like, Mansa Musa, gold jewelry. So, no, Time man. Magazine said, and I quote, there is really no way to put an accurate number on his wealth. Yeah, the Mali Empire was sincere, and he was the leader of it. That's real wealth. When niggas can't calculate it, even digitally, that's real wealth. Yeah, and also that was where most of the gold in the world was at. So he's considered one of the richest men in history. History. Not like now, but just in that 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 existed on this earth. I appreciate that. Because like the dude, the owner of Amazon, you can still put a dollar figure to his name as his wife. But like, no. (laughs) Mansa Musa's girls wasn't getting nothing. Do you just it's here just I don't know. He's like the Scrooge McDuck, I guess. Of Fridge King niggas. Ain't nobody about to count on them coins, bro. Except Scrooge. Ain't nobody count on yeah. them coins, dog. Who else? Who got the time? Just know he rich. He's inevitably he rich. From round 1280 to 1337, roughly. Yeah. And became ruled around 1312. All right. History lesson over. So the next track is Brothers Keeper. Net feature Pusha T. Scholar Ali Umari quotes Mansa Musa as follows. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, uh, let's see, Brothers Keeper, Pusha T. Is this the one where he talks about like his malice did not take money because they was the hottest was, group in the history of this, forever? This is my favorite produced track because I just love the music on this young man. Yeah, like, Brothers Keeper is excellent, man. Like the way I, it starts off and it just sounds like he just came out and he's like telling the band, just give me something, give me something. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit. And then it just, and when everything drops, it just fits right in there perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even Pusha T talking fit where he talked at. You know, it's, it definitely what. sounds like they're putting on a major event. That's right, man. My brother just turned down. Tap a million dollars to be part of the best group. <laughs> and my, my brother's keeper. <laughs> In, in the history of hip hop, I couldn't be prouder. I'm like, all right, uh, Pusha, but all right. I mean, that's cool. I was a little bit worried. I didn't know who he was going to say the first time. I thought he was uh, like, he mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I, was, cur- I was, I was, I was hoping to cut it off good. I wouldn't but, be, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that Just Blaze produced this. Like, so right. This I, just, I can see this album mixing like trap production with live drums. Mm-hmm. Which, so I was about to ask who made this beat because that shit. You know, it's funny. I almost said no when you said that because for some reason when you said Just Blaze, I thought Swiss Beats. Oh, oh no, no, sir. No, like, sir. That's, the, that's what no. came to my head. I was like, what? Who? No. And then he was like, no, 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 Just Blaze, Just Blaze. No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Make, makes sense now. Yeah. Right. And then there's that beat flip, of course, in this where it's like walking through, walking down the street. They just gentrified the area. <laughs> Everything's sweet. <laughs> it is a it is a stroll along track, but it is groovy as fuck. Yeah, and and that's what I'm talking about. Like songs should do that all the time. It feels like some like modern day Al Green shit. I feel like he got in. Like it feels it feels like um it feels like he called up Al Green and John Mayer, and they somehow got this. It just mm. came out of this. I like that. 
So I, I fucks with it. I fucks with it heavy. Um, anywhere is the next track with Snoop. And but, the hold last, up. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's this up? always happens as soon as you move on. But this was produced by a dude whose name is Dem Joints. Hey man. Also, some guy named Jarius Mosey, aka JMO, J-O. and also Anderson Pack. Yeah. But Dem Joints is a great hey, producer. Dem Joints. Dwayne Abernathy Jr. He got them joints. Mm-hmm. He got beats. He did Janet Jackson, Brandy. <laughs> he right. said he got beats. Oh, he produced it. Just... Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. Uh next track is Anywhere. Snoop, the last Awful Dodger. Is that that's not Awful? So there was a group called Awful Dodgers. Oh, there was it was a clothing company called Awful Dodgers. Right. Yes. Okay. That's that's what. That's what. Okay. There we go. I couldn't figure out what it was, but I thought it was an artist called Awful Dodgers too. I mean, there probably is, but there's. Think about how many rappers there are named Paperboy. Uh, Ah, and only one of them's really famous. He's not even really a rapper. All right. So (laughs) yeah. So we got Snoop on this, and Snoop snoops it. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Yeah, it's smooth. It fit. It fits Snoop. I think it's nestled right where it needs to be in the album. You know what? You know it's you know it's a good Snoop song if he mentions Warren G. Like Dennis, it's a real Snoop. He cared when he showed up. But I just like the fact that this has this fluttery sound to it. It it definitely sounds like it definitely sounds like something you'd hear on a good Snoop album. But I'm glad it's Pox because I could see Snoop hearing this and trying to take it for whatever. His next album is gonna be. It's also is one of the tracks where I feel like if you want to introduce people to Pac, this is how like this is a track you should use so they can really get his vocal talents, why his mm-hmm. voice is eccentric and very catchy, and kind of easy to just fall in love to, like like yes. love with. It's just yes. Fuck. Yeah. I feel like this would be a great song to do drugs to. You already did them if you're on this song. <laughs> you already they already done on the song. I'm just saying for me to do drugs too. Um, the next song is the J Cole one. It's not called Sleepy. It's called Trippy. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Listen, listen, we praise him already. He, I, I did anyway. I think the flow that he uses that he decides to use at a certain point. He starts off very J Coley, and then he he gets into he switches up his flow a bit, and I think it knocks. Like, you know, kudos to Jermaine. It's, it's one of his best features that he did last year. Uh, he's getting it all out of his system. So when he's ready to work by himself, then he'll he'll be a stronger him, I'm guessing. All right. Let's get to the next song. Yeah. Uh, Cheers featuring Q-Tip is the next track. And God, if you're not a Q-Tip fan, you will be after hearing why, this. Why, why aren't you? First thing, if you're not a Q-Tip fan, why? Why? You, why? Uh, uh, you know, doctors say don't stick anything in your ear bigger than your elbow, so that could be one reason why. Hey, I just people like Q Tip fan, but I don't. I can't give Q-tip. you another one. I can't give you a better reason than that. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, this song it starts off great, and it's you know it starts off. I think it is real. Um, he's real open, you know, talking about uh, Mac. Um, you know, I think he would say, "How you tell somebody to slow down when you're going just as fast?" Mm-hmm. 
you know, and stuff like that. So he, he you know, he's talking about that and you and you get that part of his personal thing about it. But then that transition to when Q tip comes on, and it feels like 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 I'm sitting there like did nigga, did you bring out a choir? Like, did you just switch over to live instrumentation all this time? And then and you done poured your heart out, and then like Q tip comes there and he's pouring his heart out, knowing that he's talking about Fife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just there's a lot of emotion on that track, and I and it, and it's perfect. It's a perfect tribute to two people for in hip hop that we lost too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, Man. did any of y'all see the uh, the picture of the mural that somebody did? Uh, uh, for, for Mac? No, of Mac. No. Uh-uh. Like in celebration of of I think it was his birthday or something like that. Nah. I'm about to go look for that. It's now. fucking amazing. It is like the whole front of a building. It's just crisp. It is. Oh, that's amazing. It is dope. Look at the Mac uh, mural. Q-tip has such a an expressive voice too. You know what I'm saying? Like anytime he talks or raps, especially, you just kind of feel it a little bit more. That's really cool. I'm looking at that Mac picture right now, like close up. Yeah, I mean, it's just Q-tip is Q-tip. I I mean, I remember going to see a show, and I think it was Q-tip and the Cool Kids. I think it might have been either the Cool Kids or Pack Day. It was one, you know, one of those groups that came out. Like, oh, it was um, who was it? It was Pack Day. Was it Pack Div? If I'm not mistaken, it was Pack Div. But to be quite honest, Juan, I feel like if we went to a Pack Div show, Cool Kids was there too. Just That's what I'm saying. Because they, like, always, I feel like they both were, were probably torn together. They probably opened but, together for them. So we went there and it was Q-Tip. And that was right before uh, the Renaissance drop. Like he had finished it, but it hadn't dropped yet. And, you know, usually if an artist come up there and, you know, if an artist started doing new work, you you know, it's like... I mean, you're going to be into it, but you also want to hear this like, stuff. Um, I already know that I like a lot. Yeah, But I'm going to tell you right, this nigga started doing new songs and everybody was there and in it. <laughs> like, like, like we singing hooks like we knew the songs. Like, that's, that's how much of a performer he was. He did, uh, you know, a Life is Better. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally, like, he ended the show with Life is Better and literally came down and walked through the crowd just singing it. And it was just like, everybody just like, this call and response, everybody's like the whole crowd's a choir now. We're all singing it. And it's just, it was just a still probably one of my favorite concerts that I went to. That's awesome. And, like Q-Tip knew, knew what he was doing. And I was like, I was like, oh, he's going to have new stuff. He's going to do some old tribe and stuff like that. And he did. I mean, and all that was fun. But like when he did the new stuff, you you were in it. And I was like, man, I went out like, I, I'm going to get this Renaissance album. Right. So. Yeah. Um, The next track is... Sweet Chick, which is a bonus, considered a bonus track. And this is the one with VJ's yeah. Chicago Kid. This that makes sense. There's so, way more an album ender than the last two. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Sure. So, both so both of these are bonus tracks. Yeah, both of them are bonus tracks. Cool. Because that, 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 that uh, ends my biggest gripe with this album. Oh, that, that it didn't end on the bonus track. Right. It did. Because I, I remember, and especially, especially left to right, because I was like, nigga, where, this is so out of fucking place. <laughs> like I was like, this album is like sequenced beautifully, and then like you get these tracks, it's like it's jarring. You're like, what, what? How do we go from almost tears to now we talk about 
uh, I felt like it felt like a um, it didn't even feel like an album track. It felt like a an early cut. It felt like you know, like he did his own version of Jay Z's "Girls, Girls, Girls," right? And I don't know how much I felt that. But then I know it's just bonus tracks. I feel like, you know, for me, a bonus track is always like, hey, man, I made this. I'm, it didn't really feel in the album, but I liked it. So I'm going to throw it up there. Right. I don't get mad at bonus tracks. Nah. Fella, Kunti. I don't know. I, definitely for left or right. Fella, Kunti, dog. I could, see, I could see Sweet Chick being like the Girls, Girls, Girls remix ending to this album. Like, I could, I could see that. Where the album really ended on cheers but this is like way deep in the after credits this song is playing um, as y'all are walking out the door remember, remember when you played the cd and, and then it, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't go back to one <laughs> and you knew you had some there it yeah jay-z would like, put that shit three minutes on? deep in the song you'd be like hold on dog it's it's eight this track is eight minutes long but the song ended five minutes ago um there's something on here yeah, I just I used to hit play, man. Look around, but like, hold up, man! This thing has not gone back to one. What is going on? <laughs> just listen, just wait. Those were the I realized that Papa Roach's first album had a bonus track on it, like a month and a half after I got the fucking CD. That's <laughs> <laughs> what always happened. Like you didn't know it. Uh, the the roots were the roots were great for that. Roots would have two or three back there, mm-hmm. right? I figured out the roots had. Uh, bonus tracks by the numbering, exactly. They just they number all the albums from one to whatever song it is. I'm like, hold up, man! I got this album. This album was '97. You know, '97. This one starts at 101. What the fuck? Right. I'm missing, <laughs> I'm missing tracks. So yeah, that is um. Th- this review definitely went longer than I thought it was gonna do. It was gonna go. Well, we started talking about the tracks. I didn't even do notes really. Like I did a set of notes for this, and I didn't even read through all of them. I talked about them. I talked about most of them. The only one I didn't talk about was the fucking skit on, is this on Sweet Chick? With uh, Got a Yogi. No, that's on um, Left or Right. Got a Yogi, bitch. You gonna run, and she starts, uh, she comes in the studio when he says that he got a Yogi, bitch. Gangsta chick that comes to him and is like, yo, I'm gonna shoot you in that bitch. She said, you gonna run that underarm chick, because it's chicks in the hood that need edges. I was like, oh. Oh, she's right. Did she start robbing a nigga in the studio? Give me your chain. Give me your wallet. Give me your vocals. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, man. I listened left and right, and I got about thirty seconds in. I cut it off. Oh, you're oh, tripping, bro. No, you need to you need to go listen to it because <laughs> him talking about all the different women he got, and he gets to the end, and the old girl oh, was like, oh, you, you don't get that. But that's sweet chick, right? The old girl was like, is it sweet chick? With dudes like you got yeah, a sweet He's like, you got, a, you got a what? Talking to, he's talking about all the girls. Well, okay, well, maybe it's Sweet Chick then where he's like, she comes in the studio. She's like, you got a what, bitch? That's at the end, yeah. Okay. I was I was trying to figure out which one it was. Yeah, she just straight up robs that nigga. But honestly, I listened to that song once, too. Sweet so. Chick? Oh, yeah, you're tripping. She robs the fuck out of this nigga. Because he said, I got a Yogi bitch, and he was literally talking about she's like Yogi the Bear. But old girl busted the studio, and she thought he said Yoga bitch. You got a bitch doing stretches and shit. And I was like, oh. And then she realized he said Yogi. And she was even more offended by that. Wait, you got a bitch that don't shave? <laughs> He's like, how did you even get in here? Who left the door unlocked? And then, yeah, he gets robbed. So. Uh, we don't know if that's the same chick from the crash. I think it was, though. Because she sounded really angry. She put a lot of work <laughs> into this relationship. She's a, She sucked dick during a crash. 
That's dedication. So and she ain't even get no free water. So wow. uh overall, man, I, I don't know. For me, for me, it is definitely a must listen and a, a great addition to the Pac discography. And I can't wait to hear what he's gonna do next, but I hope he rides this out as long as possible. Like if he if we don't get anything new from him for another two to three years, I'm cool with that. Because I think this album needs to marinate with people. Oxnard tour and uh, get us some press pass so we can go come see that shit. Wait, who? Yeah, me. Anderson. You telling him to give us press passes? Yeah, nigga. You know Anderson? I've met him, but I don't know him. You need to tell him. I met him once after a show. I subject if I see him again. Me and 30 other niggas met him. That don't count. (laughs) I don't know him. He got a show at MGM at National Harbor here uh, in February. I was going to go, but I decided not to. I or is you. it just show? Yeah, he's definitely on tour right now. Though. He'll be going, all, he'll be going yeah. the first beginning of the year. I think he's on tour in, in here and overseas, aren't he? That's usually how to do it. Yeah. I think it, Yeah, I think he's... It's already started, right? It started already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Straight up. I think he's going to be around here. If I was like... Yeah, because he's, he's going to be around here in February. And I was like, oh, I can't make it. That's what I'm saying. He's going to be at MGM. Now, I don't know if he was coming down there with y'all, too, but I know he's going to be at MGM. Nah, nah, he won't come down here. I remember that. Okay. I think DC was close. He was coming. Oof. Yeah. MGM is a trip for me. I, I would I would probably be like, I might need to get a hotel. That's a jump right at the border, right? Right at Woodrow Wilson Bridge. Yeah. Yep. It's right there. So I would have to drive all the way from my house to there, go to this concert, then get in the car, drive all the way back home the same night around like 12. I'd be. I think it was I think it's in the middle of the week too. Whew. I'm too old for shit. I'm too old for that shit, bro. No, that all choices have been made. Too fucking old, man. I'm too old. Even though this will be a concert where it actually be people there my age. Cause I, I mean, love if no you name. Really fuck top of Airbnb near the venue and just stay there overnight. Oh, this sounds like work. Dude, man, like when you get older, man, them them middle of the week concerts Bruh. They hit. Bro, if, they, if, they, if that place ain't like thirty minutes away, it's like, I got, nah, man, I got tickets I to Jameson's show, and it's on best Friday. In, in, I'm so glad, <laughs> like it's Friday. Man. I remember doing middle week shows, man. Amphitheater and another little arena. And yeah. two nah. Sometimes I look. Sometimes I wouldn't even take a day off. Like I just I worked a half a day, come back now. Like now, nah, man, if I if I go middle week, I got to take the rest of the week off. This nigga <laughs> said the rest of the week. <laughs> like this. It is, it is this concert is on a Wednesday. I gotta take the rest of the week off. I you know, you know how I know I'm getting old. I did not lose my voice at the No Name Show. There's never been a concert that I can remember I went to where I have not lost my voice when I like really wanted to go. And I walked out at a No Name Show, and it was like, "Did you enjoy the show?" And I was like, "Yes, I did." And then I was like, "Holy shit, I got my <laughs> voice. I'm getting old because <laughs> I wasn't even jamming that hard." Dog, I knew I was. I don't even. I don't even look. At the front, no more. I had to go up like, front because I did. They wanted me to my camera, in, so I had to get these pictures. Like I don't know when I'm gonna see no name again. I had to get these pictures. Like it, it depends. It it really depends on the group. Yo, highest of key, the front row never sounds as good as near the where the guy mixing the show is standing at. Just FYI. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I need just, to get these. Pictures. I just used to always love being in front and being right there. And now I'll be like, I'll be going to places now. I'll be like, man, let's go upstairs so I can lean on that band. Oh, no, stuff. we go straight. No, fuck that. I go straight <laughs> to the bar. If there is a bar area, 
We've yeah, seen like, I gotta I go, go somewhere else, park. man. Like, I gotta go chill somewhere. Which is why 9.30 is great. 9.30 has that third I'm level right at the bar. Spot. I go sit right there at a bar table. It's a dead center. Overlooks everything. And, like, yeah. yeah especially especially when you know the, right those shows, you know, that ain't gonna be packed. So everybody's gonna be, like, scrunched up to the front. But in the back, you got you got room to move and dance and all that stuff. Oh, no, this, the, this the beauty of it. Every show I go to, most of, most of the shows I go to at 9.30 are sold out. But they're sold out to mostly, like, college kids at, that go to Howard. The first thing those little fuckers do is run to the front. So I ain't That's what gotta, I'm saying, man. Like, you spread out. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even have to rush. I come in. I can stand, like, I can be mid-center in the line. I come in, and there's nobody upstairs at the balcony bar area, which has, like, six oh. seats. There's nobody up there. So I always go up there, grab a vodka, sit down, and start sipping. And I watch them fill up the club. I do the same thing, man. We 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 go to we'll go to Northern now and it's like I'm gonna be right here on this balcony, leaning on this on this banister. Cool. Chilling. <laughs> Chilling, like relax, got posted up, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But at least about the no name I'm about to go to this Coheed concert, it's about to go to this rock concert, I'm definitely gonna be at, on the banister. I'm not gonna be nowhere on the flow. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, either flex right now that I for my life at least, I got molded earplugs that have a flat frequency response so they sound like the show would sound but everything is just quieter so you walk out and you can hear everything you can talk at a normal volume that shit is luxurious dude i'm look i might have to get you to just send me some like because i remember yeah. i went to another, i went to another show and i was like nigga is this what i used to do yeah, <laughs> my buddy. ears hurt it's <laughs> like i can't do this no more yeah dog it's a game changer I used to listen to shows like this. <laughs> Feeling so comfortable and relaxed when you leave the show. It definitely improves the experience because it's still yeah. loud. You hear everything, but it, you're not deaf. Yeah, man. Well, I think you got to give me, you got to give me like a. <laughs> yeah, I point you in the right direction, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. We will highlight you next time. This has been the Wisma 40 Acres Podcast. Ear guys and review for Anderson Pox, Oxnard. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. I will be copying this in Malibu on vinyl. When I go crate digging, hopefully I'll find a used copy of Malibu. But if I don't, then I'll just copy new. But I'm definitely going to cop this one on vinyl as well because I need to hear that instrument. Worthy vinyl purchases. Yeah. If I could find this on 45, that would be great. Oh, my God. Uh, 45? Yeah, I want a 45 album. This album ain't no damn 45 length album, bro. I want it on 45, dog. It ain't. I don't care. You get a single. Mm -mm. I want a 45 so I can slow it down. You're going to get tent. Slow it down. They cut the 45s? Am I missing something? They'll cut whole albums at 45 RPM, yeah. How Not many discs is it? You get seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I have fucking, I have, what's the name's album? Haim's album right here on the 45 RPM. I just ordered the whole one. album? Two discs, yeah, it's two discs. It's, I mean, it's two oh, vinyls. 45 or a seven-inch 45? Bruh, I'm not talking about size of the record. I'm talking about uh, speed. Size of the record? This regular size record. So seven-inch. No, no, it's a regular 12-inch. RPM is 45, though. Trust me. Seven, it's a 12-inch record. RPM is 45. Hey, man. I always knew the 7 inches were 45s. I mean, I'm not a big vinyl person, so I couldn't tell you all that stuff anyway. They definitely, That's what I always knew. I was like, man. Fact, Jack White has versions 45, of his projects. 45s are small. Jack, <laughs> That's all I knew. Jack White has 45 RPM versions of his albums as well. Like, you can buy them at 33, but you can get them at 45, too, if you find them. Does, does it do anything different? You can slow. You can change the speed of the record differently on your player at that point. 
So if it plays I mean, normally I, at forty five, then you cut it down to thirty three and slow everything down, which is what I did with high. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I understand, but is there any purpose to recording a junk in forty five versus? Oh, I don't know. You I have mean, to ask them. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a, a grandmaster. Okay. I mean, the difference is like, ideally, you want to cut it at a slower speed because you get a more accurate representation of the record. Uh, if the stylus isn't moving around as fast, but I don't know, like, if you really wanted to do like a blind hearing test between the two i don't honestly i've never heard a 45 inch or a 45 rpm 12 inch so i don't know i just haven't that's the first time i've ever heard of uh lp being cut as a 45 i'm not so. sure why fleetwood mac has a special edition 45 rpm hamas two black has one is blowing I mean, my whole mind yeah but usually it's like a couple of tracks like not no a, it's the whole full is the whole lp is the whole vinyl. I have one sitting nah, right here. Like I cut, nah, nah, I slowed nah, down high nah, this weekend listening to a 45 RPM jog. I put it on 33 just because I wanted to hear what they sounded like, like screwed. Because you'd have to have more records on a 45. Nope, I got two. For their whole project. Two on a 33, I'm confused. I get two. I mean, I, all I'm saying is 45 RPM records will for sure hold less music per side, which is whatever. As long as they put the whole album on there, they put the whole album on there. I'm just, my mind is blown. Yeah, so they can cut it either, man. I'm, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm, at, I'm, at a, I'm at a vinyl junk now. Man. I'm doing research. Check it out. There, there. But uh, all right, y'all. So we will highlight you next review, which is probably coming up shortly if you have us next in your playlist. Cause it'll be the newest after this pro after this uh podcast episode. So we'll holla at y'all on this 21 Savage when we come back. Peace. <laughs>